Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thank you for that. And, and thank you to the sort team that shared so well this morning. Uh, really great to hear what God was doing and what God was saying to you through that. And uh, I don't even feel like I need to say anything this morning. I think, I think we've heard a good message already today. Having said that, I'm going to say a few things still, but, <laughs> but I am going to abbreviate a little bit because I don't think we need to spend a lot of time because we've already heard a good word from, from God today. Um, back in the 80s, there was a young athlete named Derek Redmond, was a British runner, and he kind of skyrocketed to fame early in his career. He uh, shattered his country's 400-meter record at the age of 19. As he was training for the Olympics, uh, which the 1988 games, which were coming up in Seoul, during his training time, he tore an Achilles tendon, and he couldn't compete in that games and spent a lot of time in recovery, a uh, number of surgeries to get ready for that. And, and as he recovered, he began to train for the... Uh, no, we're not going to restart machine. Uh, he began to train for the, um, the Barcelona Olympics, in 1992 and as he trained and and was going through all the the qualifying for the olympics uh again he became one of the favorites for that race well he made it to the olympics and in one of the qualifying races for the 400 meter uh, there were 65,000 fans in a stadium at that point and one of those fans was derek's father jim who really missed one of his son's races the race began, and Derek had a strong start. They headed out there. He was right at the head of the pack with all the other athletes and was really in a place where he was poised to, to easily qualify, probably to win the heat. Can we turn this down just a little bit? It seems really loud. So he was prepared to, to win the heat, to definitely qualify, to go on to the finals for the 400 meters. But around the 175-meter mark, Derek heard a pop, felt a pop, and it was his, the hamstring in his right leg. And he fell to the ground just in agony. And he knew he was done. And as he dropped to the ground, all the other runners kept on, sped on towards the finish line. And there he was, completely isolated, completely alone on the track, just in, in incredible pain, both physically, but also emotionally, knowing that his chances of, of metal were, were gone. Um, as he lay there and tears pouring down his face because of, again, the pain and uh, in both ways, all he could think was, I don't want to take a DNF. And in Olympic jargon, DNF is a, is a did not finish. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to be in a place where he, he didn't finish the race. And so the medical crew arrived with a stretcher. He refused the stretcher, and he, he gets up, and he starts to, to hobble down the rest of the field. He said, I'm going to finish this race. And uh, he's hobbling down, putting as little weight on his one leg as he possibly can, and, 
and slowly making, making his way towards the finish line. As this was happening, we didn't see it on, in the video, and there's, there's lots of video on uh, YouTube of this, not only of the race itself, but also of lots of interviews afterwards about what they were thinking, everything else. But his father, who was in the stands, started making his way down to, to the track. He had no credentials to be on the field. He, he was just a spectator there. But he, he bowled his way through some of the barriers and, and dodged a couple of security guards. And soon enough, he was on the track. And he was there, right there with his son on the track. Um, and, and when his son saw his, his dad there, he just kind of almost crumpled in his arms, crying on his shoulder. But the father said, we're going to finish this race together. And so the father and son were, were making their way to those last few steps towards the finish line. Just before he got to the finish line, uh, Jim Rebin, the, the father, uh, let, let his son go because he wanted his son to be able to finish this himself. This wasn't about, about him. And so he let his son continue and he did finish. Jim Rebin said, I'm the, I'm the proudest father alive. I'm prouder of him than I would have been if he had won the gold medal. It took a lot of guts for him to, to do what he did. As I said, I, I've watched some of these videos, and uh, just and I found myself getting emotional just even watching just the race itself, let alone the the uh, the interviews afterwards of what all this meant. And he actually developed quite a bit of fame because of this this effort that he did. And as I saw that, I think it's a, a great illustration of how we can sometimes feel completely alone. Sometimes we feel abandoned. We feel like orphans. And I'm sure when he was on the track, he, he felt th at probably the lowest point in his life. And there he was, all by himself. No one with him. Felt completely abandoned. Maybe felt a little orphaned. But he was reminded soon that his father was there. It's maybe a little bit like Jesus as well. As Jesus was, was moving to the cross. In some ways, uh, the passage that we looked at we just heard a few minutes ago, read John 14. John 14, in the whole story of the Gospel of John, is kind of like that last curve towards the finish line. Jesus begins to move quite intentionally towards the cross. And he starts to prepare his disciples for the reality that he's going to be leaving them shortly. And so as he rounded that, that final curve, and eventually Jesus gets to the cross, at some point, while he's there, at some point while he is, he's nailed to the cross, he somehow some, at some point cries out, Father, why have you abandoned me? Because the, the sin of the world was on him. And now there was this separation between Jesus and God that he had never experienced before. And Jesus felt alone. Jesus had been with the Father. The Father had been with Jesus the whole time. But at some point, Jesus had to cross that finish line by himself. But again, at the very end, when God raised him from the dead again, he was affirmed that he wasn't alone. So in John 14 here, when Jesus is beginning to very intentionally prepare his disciples for the reality that he was leaving this world, that he was, he was going to the Father, and that they, they would be with him someday, but he wasn't going to be with them in the same way that he had been this, this whole time, Jesus says the words that we heard read today. As he's 
sharing these words with the disciples, I'm sure that they were uneasy. They were nervous, but what this change meant for them. What does it mean that soon the world's not going to see me and soon you're not going to be with us? What does this change mean for us? Change causes uneasiness. Change causes worry and anxiety and stress in us. And in that place, Jesus says these words. He says the words, I will not abandon you as orphans, but I will come to you. He promises them that as, as they prepare to, to go on, to go on without Jesus in, in the physical close way that he had been with them, the promise is that he would not abandon them. They wouldn't be like orphans. Being an orphan is a big deal. It was in biblical times. It, it still is today. Whether a person is orphaned because their parents have died or whether they've been orphaned because they've been, been uh, given up for adoption by their parents or abandoned by their parents or whatever the, the exact circumstances are, being an orphan is a big deal. My, my grandfather, my dad's father, uh, was an orphan in England. And I, I may, may have shared this story with, you, with some of you before, but the reason that, that my family is in Canada be, was because he was an orphan in an orphanage in England and was never adopted. And so he was sent to Canada with, with a whole boatload of other orphans to, to try and make a life here. And somehow he, he got over that. Somehow he got through that and made a life here. But it's a big deal to be an orphan. Jesus wanted his disciples to know that, that they weren't in that place. That he wouldn't leave them alone. That he wasn't abandoning them. That even though they might have felt abandoned and they would have be asking questions about what is, what's next? What do we do now? Where do we go from here? What does life look like without Jesus, you being here with us? And that would have caused all kinds of anxiety and worry. Our little dog at home doesn't like it when she sees us starting to put clothes in bags and putting our shoes on and putting our keys in our pockets. She knows we're about to leave. And she gets very anxious about it. You can tell her ears are down. She's worried. She's just kind of following us around in all in a worried way. When we think we're being left alone, it can cause anxiety. It does cause us to worry. Sometimes... Our, our children, if we have young children, they can be the same way. They don't want us to leave. Jesus was about to, to make those final steps to the cross. And his disciples would witness him. They'd be there. They would witness his arrest. They would be witnesses, at least from a distance, to his trial. And they would see him hanging on the cross. And they would see the life draining from him and eventually be the ones that, that buried him in the tomb. They were going to witness all these things and everything would change. The disciples had accepted an invitation from Jesus. When Jesus first came to them, he he invited them specifically to come and follow me. And they left everything to do it. They left families, they left jobs. But it was the invitation to follow Jesus 
that they accepted. Now, what would their lives look like without Jesus to follow, without Jesus to watch, to talk to, to listen to? Where would they go? What would they do next after all this? We've all been in circumstances where we have felt alone. Maybe we feel we don't know what's next. We're in a difficult place in our lives where, where, where the circumstances are hard and we don't know what to do and we feel completely alone. In those places, I think the words that Jesus speaks to his disciples apply to us as well. That even in those places where we feel alone, even in those places where we feel that, that maybe we've been abandoned, or we're feeling a little bit like orphans, that we're alone and we, we don't have the resources to, to do what we need to do to get through it, Jesus promised that he will not abandon us as orphans is relevant to us as well, no matter what the circumstance is. In those moments, despite our fears, despite our worries, the promise of Jesus is true. The promise of Jesus applies to us and to our lives, that he won't leave us as orphans. As a community of believers, when a pastor leaves a congregation unexpectedly or, or of their own free will, there, there can be this sense of also being abandoned, orphaned almost. And even though we know it intellectually up here, there can be this, this feeling of that. And this is your reality as a congregation with both Pastor Ryan leaving and, and now me leaving a little bit earlier than, than expected. You can feel that as well. But my encouragement and my, my challenge to you is to remember this promise of God that I will not leave you abandoned, that I will not leave you as orphans. He has us. He's there with us as we're moving continually, limping maybe even towards the finish line. That God is with us. There are no orphans in Jesus In John 14, 19, we read the words already that Jesus said, because I live, you also will live. Our life is in Jesus. He is with us. He promises that he will never abandon us. And he will get us through to the finish line. He'll be there with us for us to, to put our arms around and to put our weight on him as we move closer and closer to what God has next. So let's pray and let's accept that truth and thank God for that reality. Jesus, we thank you for your promise. We thank you that we will not be abandoned as orphans. We are not alone, that we are not without the resources we need. You are with us. Even when we feel alone, even when we feel powerless, you're there, you're with us, you're helping us along those next steps in the race that we're on. God, help us to remember these things. Help us to not just remember them in our heads, 
but may the truth that we accept in our heads sink deep into our hearts. Even when we feel this sense of abandonment and aloneness in our hearts and in our spirits, we are not alone. We are not abandoned. Thank you, Jesus, for your promise. Amen.